Hi, I'm Paul Stringfire and welcome to Tekken's Views. On this week's show, it's all about pictures as we take a look at the world of data visualisation. So settle back and enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to this week's Tech Interviews. So this is another show in our series looking at the world of data. Uh, this week we're going to take a look at building data visualization strategies. So what we mean by that and why that's important. So to help me to do that, I'm joined by a data visualization expert, um, Catherine Wilkes of Slalom. Hi, Catherine. How are you doing? Hi, very well, thanks. Great to be here today with you. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. Um, uh, you know, we, we met um, a, a few weeks back at um, uh, an event uh, based in a cinema, which kind of uh, data in a cinema was ticked all my favourite things boxes. Uh, so it was, if I was designing a, a, designing an event, it would have been that one. Um, and those were uh, back in the days when we was allowed to go out and see people, of course. Um, so, um, um, But w- w- when we were talking there, we were kind of discussing some of the things that, that you guys do and, and this kind of analytics and insight space. So um, so that's that's kind of the topic that we're going to have a look at. But before we dive into that, why don't you um, introduce yourself, tell people up about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Catherine Wilkes. I'm a practice area lead for data and analytics at a company called Slalom. So we are a modern consultancy that focuses on strategy, technology and business transformation. Um, So for us, our vision is around enabling a world in which everyone loves their work and their life. So a real people orientated business. Uh, My particular role is leading the data and analytics team in Manchester. Um, So we've got um, a team with broad expertise, a lot of visualization experts, um, people who are very strong in terms of data translation. So translating between technical skill sets and business skill sets, um, and also data engineers and and architects. My personal background is in um, data visualization. I've got um, about 15 years experience in helping clients to visualize um, uh, their data and make data-driven decisions. And I think that um, that phrase that you used, data visualization, was when we met. Was the kind of the thing that really struck me was that idea of being able to kind of take the the, the data, the, the the stuff we've got, and turn it into a you know really visual piece of information, something that we can you know. And you also mentioned there about that idea to make business decisions, and it and it really struck me that the work that you guys do is very much around taking all of these kind of ones and zeros that we've got in multiple. Uh, you know, lots, lots and lots of different repositories, and turning that into something that we, you know, that, that people like me who are not particularly, who are certainly not data scientists, who are not particularly uh, data focused individuals in, in in kind of the way you you might expect, not with lots of experience in that space, but could very quickly and easily um, pick up on uh, trends and uh, and kind of findings from from large data sets, and so so I think that idea of data visualization is really interesting. So so do you want to set some context around that when you talk about data visualization, um, about what it is that you mean, and and kind of how how organisations are, are using visualization today. Yeah, absolutely. So I think what we've seen over the last um, few years is that people were finding that they were taking a step back in time when they entered their work. So, you know, at home, we generally have our smartphones. We make data-driven decisions all the time from looking at the weather app in the morning and deciding what um, outfit to wear to, you know, hailing an an Uber um, or, you know, getting tailored insights to us based on our location, you know, searching for special offers based on location. And then it it seems that for a lot of organizations and people, when they then step into their office, they're then back in time where they can't 
get the data that they need to do their role, um, that they are not making decisions using the data, they're making them on gut feel. And there's just a big disconnect there between our personal lives and our working lives. Now, as we've seen over the last month or so with, with COVID, our personal and um, professional lives are becoming more and more entwined. And I think that is going to continue. So, you know, what data visualization enables you to do is to make your data accessible so that anybody within the organization can make a decision using that data. You don't have to be a data scientist or a data analytics professional. If you've got well-structured data that's presented in the right way, then anybody can make a decision around what to do. Anyone can use that data to improve their role. So you've got tools such as Tableau or Click or Power BI that bring that data to life, that have a real user-friendly interface um, and just open up those lines of, of communication basically between your underlying data and then you as a person. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about um, kind of kind of how we get to that shortly, because I, I, th- I think that was a, a kind of the, the, the powerful piece of, of what struck me when we, we met at that event was that kind of idea of, of visualizing and making very consumable the information that's being being presented to you. Um, but maybe if we step back a little bit about looking at why organizations are starting to take this kind of thing seriously, you know, whether the importance of visualizing their data, you know, are you seeing kind of a, a shift in a way that, that people are looking at data and trying to extract value from it? Because I think we, we hear lots of organizations talk about this kind of thing all of the time. Um, but maybe don't necessarily know how to get themselves there. So, so it, I mean, is it a general shift you're seeing? Are you seeing more and more companies start to embrace this idea of data visualization and, and of exploiting more from their data? Um, or is it maybe just still a select handful? No, I think it is um, becoming across the board now. Um, so McKinsey and Global Institute performed some research last year um, and they found that data-driven organizations are 23 times more likely to acquire customers, um, 19 times more likely to be profitable and six times uh, more likely to retain their customers than uh, organizations that were not data-driven. So, you know, if if you're wanting the impetus to become data-driven, I mean, that is some real, really impactful research. also, um, you know, Gartner cited that 90% of um, enterprise analytics and business professionals say that data and analytics are key uh, to their organization's digital transformation initiatives. So from that, you could say that perhaps 90% of organizations now are taking data-driven um, insights seriously. And, you know, the, the entry level is very low. You know, you've got tools that are um almost free you know very low cost um you know a lot of them do free trials as well and you can just put some data in from a spreadsheet and start to to build up some insights i think that um that that thing about entry level being very very low is is interesting because i think for a lot of organizations they they perhaps don't feel that you know i think um you know when we talk about we, we talked about this before we started recording didn't we the idea that when we start to talk about data analytics the first thing we think about is this kind of huge idea of machine learning and artificial intelligence and, you know, supercomputers sat in big data centers kind of churning out vast amount of numbers that then need a data scientist to then kind of make sense of it. But from what you're saying, that's, that's really not the case, is it? You know, this is, this is becoming uh, increasingly accessible and, 
you know, and I mean, are you finding then that organizations still have this idea that actually data analytics isn't accessible, is something that's quite difficult and are kind of trying to fudge their way around it with Excel spreadsheets or, uh, you know, a big abacus or, or however they might be able to deal with it? I, I think it can be if you don't approach it in the right way. Um, you know, I think if you try and do everything and start with a really sophisticated, big project, then you're more likely to fail. I think if you start small and build up over time, then you can demonstrate some real sort of business successes and you can then, you know, learn your technical skill set and just take the baby steps and deliver a great deal of value. You know, as an example, I worked with one company and we looked at their customer complaints uh, database. This was just an access database. And we spent three days looking at it through a visualization tool. And we identified that they had one customer who had complained 680 times uh, within a three-year period. And their customer complaints team, you know, didn't realize that. And certainly the exec team did not realize that. And they'd been processing this individual's um, complaints each time. They'd been putting the effort, you know, into it. Um, And they'd also been paying out as well a lot of compensation to him. Um, So, you know, just that one example had saved um, this organization a lot of money and increased their operational efficiency. You know, and when you scale that out to what you can achieve with these small projects, you know, it, it really is very impactful. I think that's a really good example as well, because um, I, I often think with the kind of idea behind analytics is that what you're trying to find out from the data sets that you have are things that you don't necessarily know. You know, it's not that you're thinking that some kind of machine is going to make this kind of you know fantastic uh, discovery that you've never really figured out, but it's just giving you that kind of idea of additional insight. And I think that's a, it's a really good example that they had the information there, but they just didn't kind of know how to access it. Is that something that you see regularly? Yes, absolutely. Um, it really is. And also, to your point, it's really important to sort of celebrate when you don't find something because, um, you know, it's, it's not always that you're going to look at the data and find a real sort of needle in the haystack. Um, you know, you will generally find something insightful, but sometimes you won't. And that's fine because that's all part of the analysis. It's part of the visualization. You've looked at that data. It's not telling you an awful lot. OK, you know either combine it with some other data or look at another data set. That's all part of the journey. And, well, and again, a, a really interesting point there, actually, about that idea of combat, because one of the things we were talking before about, um, you know, they had this all set in a database and, okay, it was access. So, you know, it's not, not obviously not the world's biggest, most powerful um, data crunching engine. Um, but obviously that information was there somewhere. It was already kind of buried in the, the data that they had. You know, what, what, what was the reason that they hadn't found that previously? You know, what, what, what was the kind of things that allowed you to discover something that, um, w- w- I mean, was it just that actually they could visualize it or was it this idea? that you could also kind of cross-reference it with with other data sets? So for that particular piece of analysis, we didn't use any um, additional data sets. It was just that data. So I think the reason why they hadn't before was because they were perhaps um, operating in silos and they weren't taking the time to do some data-driven analysis. Um, You know, I think companies are very busy, you know, doing the day job um, and, and just you know, getting on with things and actually to take someone out of a, of a, their role and say, you know, let's spend a couple of days looking at this, you know, that's a big ask sometimes. Um, but really the, 
the results that you can get from taking that time out are fantastic. And in the long run, um, you know, it, it really can improve your business, both from a you know revenue optimization or cost reduction or improving operational efficiency. If you just take a, a little bit of time out to look at things in a different way. Uh, and is that your experience a lot then that, you know, you, you, you find yourself working with organizations and you are relatively quickly kind of been able to show that the value of that kind of visualization, you know, for, 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 for those reasons you talked about before, you know, maybe it's making them more cost effective, allowing them to identify new customers or spot trends and problems. You know, is, is, is that something that, um, that, that you're seeing increasingly that, that companies are just missing really useful information that could help them to drive much better decision making, but just because they don't have access to tools, or maybe it's just that they don't take that opportunity to step back or have it presented to them, you know, is that is that a big problem you see for organisations? Yes, it is. It is. Um, we do see that. Uh, I am seeing it changing, though, that, that people recognise that they need to, to take the time out to look at things in a different way. Companies realise that when they um, embark on some data and analytics projects or look at data visualisation, they're going to um, have improved decision making and, and hopefully a competitive advantage. But often um, there is a benefit that perhaps they don't foresee at the outset, and that is in um, having a greater degree of employee engagement and attracting and retaining talent so nowadays individuals want to work for companies that are using cutting-edge technology that are trying different things that are carving people's time out from their work week um, to experiment with tools um, and to do something different and so actually you know it can be a real advantage to say to prospective hires that you know you're running an analytics program and that you are investing in your employees and training them up in in new technologies and allowing them time to develop themselves um, and to use technology in, in a different way. Well, well I think I, you know and, and I think actually that attracting and retaining talent I, I think is important actually across a lot of technology platforms that we deploy isn't it you know it's that, that that people are looking at what are the differentiators between different companies and if you want to work in the technology industry I mean you know the idea of, of doing working with data and and being able to be kind of more data driven I think it's very attractive to people so you know, so so if organisations listen to this and saying, you know, I, I want to, you know, I want to do more work around data visualisation. I want to be able to make better data driven decisions. You know, what what are some of the steps that they should be taking? You now, what, what what are you kind of advising the people that you work with to say that these are some of the areas that you you want to be looking at? These maybe some of the ideas and and tools that are available to you. Yeah, so that's a really good question. So. Um... What I say is in terms of starting, I would start small and I would start with the business output in mind. So I wouldn't just pick a technology and start using it um, without a clear plan of exactly what you want to do. So I'd, I'd gather some of your best and brightest in the business, understand what the pain points are, understand, you know, if they had a magic wand and, and could um, have something fixed for them, what would it be? So is it around, you know, really understanding their customers in more detail? Um, is it around improving their operational efficiency? Um, is it around structuring their teams differently? Whatever it is, understand what that is, and then chunk up those business outcomes into really small bite-sized projects and just start small with a piece of work that's perhaps a few days and then build up to a few weeks you know I wouldn't start with a huge program of analytics that's going to run for uh, you know 12 to 18 months it's just too big to, to bite off um, 
And so then once you realize, you know, what your uh, business um, challenges are and you've prioritized them, so you know good ones to start with that are going to have a large impact and hopefully not um, too difficult to implement, then you could start looking at, at tools. Um, so if you're interested in uh, looking at visualization tools, then um, you know the, the the three leading tools that tend to come up again and again are Tableau, uh, Power BI, and the Click products. Um, you know Power BI, you can get a, a free license, or if you want a, an enterprise license, eight dollars per user per month. So you know really low um, cost entry. There, Tableau have a free 14-day trial, so you can take your data, throw it in. There's loads of online training available for all three of those platforms, um, or you can attend events as well to help you. Um, so, you know, really, it's quite easy to get started. So, I think that's some really, really important advice there. Actually, I, you know, and I think with most technology projects, the idea of focusing on the outcome, understand the end goal, I think that that's hugely important. So, you know, I think too often that. We um, and I think it's a good point to make actually that we get wrapped up in a technology. You know, I asked you know what kind of tools were available, and, and I think you're right. Actually, it's not necessarily the tools that are certainly not the starting point. Maybe they're not the most important thing, um, but it's understanding that kind of end goal. And I think that idea of actually breaking that down into um, you know manageable chunks as well, so that, that the project doesn't seem hugely overwhelming, I, th- I think make a lot of sense because we we talked about at the beginning the idea that lots of data data analytics sound such like such a big topic you know like you're going to need a pool of data scientists and acres of computer rooms to churn some numbers but actually this is you know if you make it much more manageable much more focused and you know focused on kind of individual bits and pieces then a lot more chance for success so um well look, but look before we wrap up here um Catherine we talk a little bit about uh, kind of what you guys do at Slalom you know so kind of what's your approach what how, how do you help customers to to kind of get started on this route you know what what are the kind of things that, that you can help your customers do Yes, yeah, so um, I mean that, that that's a really good question. Um, you know, one of the areas that we're seeing a lot of interest in from our cl- our customers at the moment is how to create a modern culture of data. So one where um, colleagues experiment and innovate, and where people have the power to. Um, accelerate business outcomes. So it's, it's you know it underpins everything that we've been discussing today. And what we can help um, customers to do is to just put a little bit of structure and a, and a framework around how to achieve that. Um, so we, we think that there's five elements that customers need to um, to look at if they're wanting to evolve their, cu- their culture. So one is uh, around having a vision, um, having uh, the right access and transparency to data, um, having the right level of trust in your data, um, having the right ways of working, and then finally being uh, data literate as well and embedding data literacy within your organization. And, you know, aside from having a framework, um, the sorts of things we help clients with is to identify what those right business challenges are to start with, to use analytics on their journey. So it's all around coming in with a fresh pair of eyes um, to say, well, you know, wh- why are you doing it this way? Is it because you've always done it this way? Or is there a, a different way to do it? Um, you know, at Slalom, we have over 200 uh, partnerships with um, software companies. So we can help customers to choose the right um, tool set uh, for the job that they need to do. 
Um, so that there's many ways that we can help clients to get started on their journeys. Uh, one thing that you said in there that um, really, really jumped out at me, actually, and maybe it's just something just to explore before we wrap up. Uh, you talked about the idea of culture, uh, you know, and, and building a culture of data. I mean, it, 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 is that something that you guys see that actually, if you're going to get the very best out of data analytics and become this kind of more, you know, be able to use data as part of your decision making process, is it a, is it a, a cultural shift? Is it a big cultural shift, or is it kind of a just a nudge along uh, in the right direction? Well, it's definitely a cultural shift, and whether it's um, big or small depends on what your culture is to start with um, and how much change um, your culture needs. You know, the, the thing is, you know, we've spoken about it uh, today is that really it's people that are at the heart of, um, you know, enabling businesses to become more data driven and to use data more effectively. And so whenever there's people, there's a cultural element, you know, the technology is the easy bit. Um, it's people and the hearts and minds and, and trying to change the way that people think about data the way they think about performing their role the way they think about using technology and is this where you see kind of visualization playing its part as well in that um you know we've said a couple of times that when we talk about data analytics we see this kind of big um, impenetrable thing but actually is, is visualization kind of that idea of commoditizing access to data you know is, is that may, maybe the, the kind of the difference between that and how we might see kind of more traditional analytics yes i think it is because it um, it lowers the entry point, and so therefore the work that you're doing is more pervasive across an organisation. So you know you, you probably will still have and need your top end data scientists that are really doing you know a lot of the nitty gritty and the, the number crunching. That's totally fine. But you know I'm I'm talking about. Um, you know, somebody sat in accounts or um, in finance or, you know, across all, all areas of the business, you know, everybody should be using data effectively within their role. Everybody should understand the importance of data within their role. Everyone should be accountable for data. Um, you know, if if you've got um, people that are inputting data and, you know, that they don't care about the quality of it or understand how that's then being used to drive the business and to make decisions, then you have a problem with your data culture. And I think visualization is one way that you can make that accessible to everybody. Well, I think um, well, some great tips there actually. So some you know some great experience and and, and some ideas about where and, and how you might want to get started, and some some real good tips on on kind of the way that you should should look at data visualization and, and look at these kind of data projects. So, but if, but if people wanted to, um, you know, find out more about kind of what you guys do at Slalom or, or maybe if they wanted to kind of even try out some of the kind of data visualization ideas that you've talked about, I mean, is, is there ways that uh, you, you know they can do that or ways that Slalom can help them do that perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so at Slalom, we run um, lots of workshops and webinars and training events. Um, so details are on slalom.com or you can follow Slalom on LinkedIn um, or the other social media platforms as well. Or you can check out uh, my LinkedIn profile and I can connect you into the, the team as well. Yeah, and I, and I speak very highly of them um, because a couple of weeks ago did um, went, went on one of your kind of test drives for a piece of software called Tableau, and it was really really interesting. It was engaging, it was well delivered, and it was a it was a good you know it gave some really good insight in how you can very quickly build 
quite interesting visualizations that, that presented some, uh, you know, some real value from the, the data that, w- that was getting presented. Um, and you mentioned LinkedIn there, Catherine. I mean, if people have, uh, you know, people, any, any follow-up questions for you? Is LinkedIn the best way to get you or is, uh, is there other ways, um, uh, social media or otherwise? Yeah, LinkedIn is probably the easiest, but um, I'm on uh, Twitter as well. So either way. How, how do we find you on Twitter? Uh, CJ Wilkes at CJ Wilkes, I believe. Okay, <laughs> I believe so. Always good. So, so I'll hunt you down on Twitter and I'll I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So for 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 uh, obviously this is a uh, we've recorded this while most of us are locked down during the uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic. So, Catherine, thanks for making time to do that. Um, obviously, what people listening to the show won't know was the um the amount of interruptions and technical challenges we had while doing it. So, um, so so really appreciate your patience and uh, sticking around while we we got this done. But uh, but I think you know hopefully people have got lots of uh, value from that in the the same way I have so um so Catherine thanks for being on the show and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon yeah thanks very much Paul I hope you enjoyed that for show notes pop over to techstringy.com we'll also find all of our previous tech interviews episodes and if you've got an idea for the show or would like to appear as a guest on tech interviews then why not drop me an email at podcast at techstringy.com next time we've got another show in our data series so if you want to make sure you catch that why not subscribe you can find us in all good homes of podcasts including apple Podcasts, soundcloud stitcher and spotify so until next time thanks for listening